And good evening from Charlotte. It is Thursday, November the 12th, 2020, and this is a special edition of the Carolina Weather Group. We had record-breaking rainfall across the Carolinas today that resulted in historic flooding here in Charlotte, across the western North Carolina, foothills and mountains, up towards Greensboro and throughout the Carolinas. So we have assembled the panel on this Thursday night uh, to bring you the latest on what is still a continuing flood threat. The rain has stopped falling from the sky, but we've got a lot of water that is trying to work its way downstream. So we're going to take you throughout the Carolinas right now uh, to uh, to let you know what exactly the impact has been. But, it, you know, at a high level, we'll let you know as we get things kicked off here in this 10 o'clock hour, hundreds of people rescued today because of these uh, high waters, these this flooding, and the danger posed by all of that. At least two people have died and two remain missing, including a one-year-old child. Uh, those fatalities and those missing persons report coming out of Alexander County, one of the hardest hit areas. That falls inside the television DMA or the market area for Charlotte. Uh, joining us tonight Friend of the show, Brad Panovich, Chief Meteorologist at WCNC Charlotte, is back on with us. And Brad, not only in Alexander County, but in Mecklenburg County and all across your area today, it was a very, very busy day. Can you bring us up to speed on the latest at this hour? Yeah, I mean, it's it was crazy today, James. Um, it reminded me a lot of 2008 when Tropical Storm Fay came through here. Um, and that's probably the last time we had rainfall amounts like this. And I say amounts, but I think what happened today was more about the rate. Um, we had about 4.62, I say about, that's exactly how much we had, 4.62 mm. at the airport, um, which is the eighth highest total all time and the highest since uh, Tropical Storm Fay um, back in 2008. But most of that fell in about a four and a half to five hour window um, over the heart of our metro area. And you know, Charlotte's a fast developing area, obviously, as most people know, a lot of impervious surface this time of year um, in the fall, we have a lot of leaves off the trees. So a lot of clogged storm drains. And because there's no leaves on the trees and most plants are dormant now, we've already had a freeze. Vegetation's not absorbing and using this moisture. So the runoff is, is basically uh, exacerbated and we end up with just flash flooding. And so while that, that rainfall record is pretty impressive, to me, the more impressive thing, James, was some of the crest on the, on the creeks. I think I'm up to six creeks in Mecklenburg County had their all-time record crest today. Um, and one of them was in downtown um, or uptown, depending on your persuasion. That was the Sugar Creek. Uh, and a lot of people know that greenway. It's a beautiful greenway near um, the hospital on the, on the kind of southeast side of uptown. And um, it broke the record with Hurricane Danny from 1997. And it, folks that are from this area will remember that because in 1997, that flood caused a train trestle to be uh, collapsed and a CSX uh, train fell into the Little Sugar Creek and spilled 2,500 gallons of diesel fuel. And that flood actually prompted the city and the county to create that greenway as a natural floodplain so that this wouldn't happen again. Um, and I've seen that floodplain you know, flood a million times like it's supposed to. The Greenway obviously can't run when it rains, but this is the first time I've seen it come out of the Greenway and get into the streets and it actually flooded parts of Uptown. So just, just an incredible day. So tonight what's happening is we've got a lot of runoff. The Rocky River over in Cabarrus County is flooding. Um, there are some water rescues going on over there. Um, we still have some water rescues down in Pineville because the Little Sugar Creek drains down into southern Mecklenburg County. And then tonight what I'm watching uh, very closely is the uh, Catawba River on Riverside Drive. 
Um, there's a couple temporary sensors over there that the uh, stormwater put in, these low cost sensors. They have one on either end of the uh, road there. And uh, it's kind of cool. They actually gave me access to it. So I've been watching one of those gauges and it's been creeping up slowly but steadily as Duke has been releasing water from Mountain Island Lake and the, the dam is spilling as well. So it's going to be a tough night for those folks. They might get one of those middle of the night texts that they have to evacuate because there's water coming downstream. Yeah, a lot to unpack there. And let me first mention uh, what you just talked about, Riverside Drive, Mecklenburg County, the only area right now that's still under a flash flood warning. To drive that emphasis home for folks, flash flood warning is when water is rising suddenly, a lot of times in like an urban area or a low-lying area that's impacting, in this case, a neighborhood and homes. We have across the Carolinas still flood warnings because natural waterways, rivers, creeks, and streams still remain high. So if you live along one of those, you need to be extra cautious. What we were all almost under at one point today, 300 miles wide, if you put them all together, flash flood warnings all across North Carolina today. uh, and, and Brad, you mentioned it a minute ago about staying updated overnight. I will tell you, my weather radio woke me up at least <laughs> twice overnight last night. Yeah, um, I had, I'll had. i be honest, guys. I, I don't recommend this. I had to turn my Wias off on my phone because I get so many alerts, uh, INWS alerts, our app alerts, and um, and like two other alerts. I I turned those off. So I was going to check today, James, see how many alerts I have because I get alerts for all 22 counties in our viewing area. So I think when these flood warnings get issued, reissued, canceled, I probably have a couple hundred alerts in my text right now. And it's just, it's been crazy. Uh, it's its one of those things we kind of saw coming, but when it still happened this morning, you're like, oh my gosh, this is really happening. It's like, so even as a trained meteorologist, someone who knew this potential exists, I'll be honest with you, it was, it was overwhelming this morning just because of the scope of it. It wasn't an isolated thunderstorm. It was this big band that affected the majority of our area, you know, and up in the foothills, it started early this morning and we started seeing all those damage reports coming out of uh, Catawba County, Burke County, Caldwell County and Alexander County. That that still pains me tonight that those fatalities at the campground, because um, that was a horrible situation. And um, when you hear stuff like that, that just as a meteorologist, as a you know, as, as a risk communicator and as, as just a person, you're like, how, you know, not that you want to play, you know, Monday morning quarterback, but you're like, how can we do better? How can we figure out that this stuff doesn't happen? Because this was a well forecasted event. It wasn't a pop-up storm that caused a flash flood in the summer or in the warm season. This was a two or three day event we saw coming. So that's, to me, that's one of the things I'll be dwelling on quite a bit. How can we do better myself as a meteorologist, as a communicator, but also all of us, like, how can we do a better job to get information out to people uh, in these situations. Cause as we know, flooding is our number one, you know, usually our number one killer um, in most years. Um, and this year's, you know, unfortunately it's happened again. Evan Fisher is with us tonight from uh, Asheville. Evan, you made a graphic that demonstrates exactly how much rainfall has fallen. Can you walk us through this? Yeah. So, in general, if you were east of the Blue Ridge Mountains, you generally saw two to four inches plus in the Carolinas. Many areas seen even more than that, four to eight, with a few reports up to uh, nine inches. So there was widespread heavy rain. Uh, to kind of paint a picture of what this graphic looks like for our podcast viewers, uh, we're showing we're talking about the rainfall totals over the entire North Carolina and South Carolina area. Now, we had two bullseyes on this map, one near the Hickory area uh, and the foothills. 
and then another out further to the east, uh, just east of Raleigh. Uh, and I will say for those who can actually see this graphic, there is a, a streak of maybe one to three inches on this map that you're seeing right now uh, through the Charlotte area. Now, this is radar derived precipitation totals. So the radar is greatly underdoing the rainfall that fell in those areas. Uh, I think uptown Charlotte saw upwards of eight plus inches in some spots over the last 48 hours. Uh, like you said, Jamie, talking about earlier, the flash flood warnings that spanned over 300 miles. Uh, just about every county in North Carolina saw a flash flood warning at some point, or a, a flood product rather, at some point today, uh, and many in South Carolina as well. So it was it was a jam-packed day. Started in the west, and, and it just slowly, slowly progressed to uh, the eastern side of the state. Uh, thankfully, we are in the clear now uh, as we live stream this at 10 o'clock at night. Um, but it was a long day of rain. Lots of different questions and avenues I want to continue to explore. And we'll go back to Brad in a minute to talk more about those rainfall to totals in the Charlotte area. But let's go to Scotty Powell in Morganton. Uh, Scotty, tell us a little bit about what you saw uh, saw today in, in Morganton, Burke County. That was one of the areas uh, that was hardest hit as well. Yeah, James, it was a little bit of everything. Um, Brad was talking about the weather alerts. Uh, the weather radio went off, uh, I think it's around 3.15, the first uh, for Caldwell County and then 345 for Burke County. And then at four o'clock in the morning, the flash flood emergency for Catawba County. And that's kind of when I was like, all right, it, it's time to get up. It's time to, to focus on what's going on. And uh, ever since then, it was just uh, reports of flooding everywhere. Uh, we saw a lot of trees come down uh, with the saturated soil. Uh, we've seen landslides, mudslides. You can see the sinkhole uh, develop here at the Morganton Post Office, as well as uh, numerous roadways closed. Um, several businesses along Hunting Creek uh, also um, had floodwaters in that. And Brad, if I'm not mistaken, at some point, I think uh, Hunting Creek here in Morganton crested at all-time record levels. So uh, it, I remember that. That was one that stuck out to me because that was one another record breaker in our area. Yeah, and that, that runs right through downtown Morganton. So a lot of businesses, a lot of homes and stuff like that affected. So uh, it was just a very soggy day. Um, your normal spots have flooded flooded but there was some spots that uh that normally don't see floodwaters that, that uh, was uh seeing them today and uh james was kind of talking off air uh brad was talking about 2008 back here in the foothills 2004 we had back-to-back -back tropical systems uh francis and i think ivan i think was back-to-back -back in 2004 uh that was the most severe flooding that i saw here in the morganton area uh, today, I would say it was probably ranked number two with that, just with all the flooding reports that's going on. So uh, thankfully, uh, the waters are starting to recede. We still have uh, the normal areas like Johns River uh, continuing to, to flood as the runoff from the mountains uh, move into the foothills. Uh, Brad was talking about the Catawba River. I live about a half a mile from it, and, and the Catawba is up tonight. And uh, as that water continues to drain downstream into Road Hiss and then Lake Hickory, and eventually into Lake Norman. So uh, I believe now we're transitioning to more of a river flood threat uh, for those communities and homes that, that live along the Catawba chain. Uh, we'll have to keep an eye on those, but uh, just a very uh, dangerous day today. Uh, schools uh, started off on a delay, but then ultimately went to a virtual learning day. Um, again, uh, Mineral Springs Mountain uh, was uh, impassable today with a landslide. And it, I was actually rode up there this evening and uh, it was a pretty, they was able to clear the road and it was a pretty, pretty big slide up there. So a uh, very dangerous day here. 
And honestly, we normally see these associated with tropical events. And I know we have uh, uh, Ada off the coast, but really uh, no real direct effects of that. This was just from uh, high pressure bringing in a big plume of moisture. And we had a cold front off to our west, uh, bringing in some more moisture uh, off the Gulf. So it all kind of culminated over the foothills and, and produced a pretty dangerous day, especially uh, for the folks in Catawba and Alexander County. Unfortunately, uh, I hate to hear the, the loss of life and uh, hopefully uh, we can learn from this event and better prepare for, for events on James. But uh, yeah, pretty, pretty busy day here in the foothills. Yeah, again, Alexander County, 30 people successfully rescued from a campground there. Uh, four people have uh, passed away. Two remain missing at this hour. One of them is an adult, and one of them, we have learned, is a one-year-old child. That was just one of the areas where the water rose very quickly and in a very, very uh, violent fashion, and um, firefighters work to get as many people out as, as quickly as possible and are continuing their, their efforts. Uh, matter of fact, um, I think right before we came on the air, I'm reaching for my phone now to try to verify it. Maybe Brad saw this too. I believe Alexander County has asked for some assistance, if I'm not mistaken, from Charlotte Fire. And uh, yeah, Charmec Emergency Management has received a request from North Carolina Emergency Management for the Charlotte Fire Department to deploy to Alexander County and assist there near the campsite. Uh, North Carolina with flood conditions. So uh, they'll be sending 36 members from here in Charlotte task force three to deploy with the swift water and urban search and rescue. And, and this is something that's been playing out. We heard the sheriff earlier today in Alexander County, uh, thanking and acknowledging not only their local emergency response, but from neighboring counties earlier on that responded and now reaching a little bit further here into Metro Lina, uh, to bring in the Charlotte fire department. I want to show some video that, uh, the Charlotte fire department shared with us because they've had a very busy day here in Charlotte as well too. Uh, so it's good to know that things are calming down enough here in Charlotte that they have some resources that they can lend to their neighbors. 143 people rescued from a charter school, the, uh, the Corvin Elementary School. This is along Mallard Creek here in Charlotte. And they uh, tweeted out this video. And you can just see the cars in the parking lot here with that creek uh, more than crested and pushed beyond its banks. And the thing that I think so many of us locked onto in this in this brief video is the car abandoned in the middle of the parking lot with its windshield wipers still on, indicating to us more than likely that the driver very quickly exited that vehicle to seek higher grounds. And, and this was early in the morning, early in the morning when we were still all digesting the flash flood threat that stayed with us throughout the day. And even after the sun went down, we were still seeing examples of people driving into flooded waters. And we can't say it enough. And I think if you're watching this or you're listening, then we might just be preaching to the choir, but it is worth repeating in case you ever find yourself in that situation. Turn around, don't drown. You can't tell how deep that water is. It does not take a lot of water in order to flood out your vehicle or worse, pick up your vehicle and move it downstream. Uh, one of the many uh, creek cameras we were watching here in the Charlotte area today picked up this vehicle. Uh, that's the uh, Charlotte fire video again. Let's try this one more time. A still picture of this vehicle, an Addison Drive along McMullen Creek. And this vehicle was there for more than an hour and the water is barely even up to the uh about half the tire or so it's, it's about halfway up the tire or so and this car just sat there i don't know why 
I don't know if the engine was flooded out or whatever the case was, but my point is in showing you this, it doesn't take a lot of water in order to make your vehicle inoperable. And that's one of the better outcomes that we saw today where, where the, the car just couldn't move apparently. Um, again, uh, 4.8 inches of rain, if I'm not mistaken, maybe a little bit more than that at Charlotte Douglas International Airport, Brad, but some of the other observations that came in uh, from other observation sites made it sound twice as much. Is that right? I had to unmute myself there. Yeah, 4.62 at the airport, but uptown and around Center City, um, there were a couple mesonet reports of eight to nine inches. Now that was a 48 hour total. So that included some of the rain um, from Wednesday, but yeah, that's a lot of water in a short period of time. And I'm glad you brought up the, uh, you know, the turnaround, don't drown James, because I think that's really important um, in these situations. And even the next couple of days, this is the thing, some of the roadways are going to be weakened by um, this flooding. And so I would, I would, if, if things barricade and even if the water's down, I don't drive across that road. We saw an example of one of our colleagues over at Fox 46. I was doing a live report today up in Alexander County and the bridge collapsed live while they were on the air. And um, wow, I'm glad they're okay, but it was a good lesson for all of us, even as broadcasters and as media, like get off those bridges, those bridges, you know, we think the water's going underneath in the middle, but the problem is where the bases are <laughs> is getting eroded by the, the current. So um, just stay off of those and away from those, uh, overpasses and bridges for a while because I'm sure engineers are gonna have to check them all out to make sure they're all stable so it was it was a wild day I mean this is a, it's been a long day as, as, as Scotty was saying it started early this morning um, which is always scary because you know just like tonight it's dark and people on Riverside Driver where you you get these alerts you can't see and then there's water you have no idea how deep it is and sometimes people confuse water with parking lots and you know, roads because they all look the same at night sometimes. So um, it's pretty, pretty good example of why you need to have some kind of way to get alerts and have a risk assessment and situational awareness on where you are and what kind of threat you have in your area. So um, hopefully we will learn from this, as Scotty said, but long, long day across the Carolinas and hopefully tomorrow we'll get a better idea of the damage. And I do think it's great that Charlotte Mecklenburg is heading up to, to Alexander County because a lot of people don't know Charlotte has one of the best swift water rescue teams in the country and they actually deploy all over the country when there's uh, weather like this so um, I'm not surprised they're going up there and unfortunately I think that's going to be more of a recovery um, operation than anything else because uh, that, that pictures this morning were scary that, that wasn't just slow moving water that water was flying and a lot of those campers just got carried downstream. 10.30 here on this special edition of the Carolina Weather Group. Here's a look on your screen right now, if you're watching online with us, of the active warnings still across the Carolinas at this hour. That is just a sea of green. That is flood warnings where rivers, creeks, and streams remain very high and are overflowing their banks. We have one flash flood warning in the darker reddish color along the Catawba River in north eastern, northwestern, excuse me, Mecklenburg County. And that's what Brad was just talking about, about Riverside Drive. And uh, I think it speaks volume that every other flash flood warning that we had across the Carolinas today has been now transitioned to a flood warning, except for that one. And you will remember that we've had uh, previous flooding incidences there along Riverside Drive that led the governor to come out to investigate what went wrong with officials promising that it would never 
repeat itself again. And I know that emergency crews remain on high alert uh, and, and we're watching that area very carefully this evening. And, and Brad, that flash flood warning goes to 3 a.m.? Yeah, because um, this is a weird thing about that area. <laughs> Duke Power controls some of the release out of these lakes. So the Weather Service isn't completely sure how much water can come down because even though there's modeling for how much water's coming through the chain, when there's humans controlling that flow and sometimes they have to adjust because some lakes are getting higher or lower than they anticipated, um, they won't know until, you know, maybe the middle of the night if they get an alert. And the reason it's a flash flood is this is going to be because of release from a dam. So this is going to be something that's going to come up really, really quickly. Um, right now, the anticipation is if everything goes according to plan, those people will have water in their yards, but not in their homes. Um, I'm watching that sensor now. And since we've been talking, um, there's, they have a sensor. I think it's in somebody's yard looking at the map. Um, it's a temporary sensor right on Riverside Drive. And it's gone up uh, about a half a foot since we started this. So I'm hoping that's not, I mean, the only good news is it doesn't look like it's a rapid rise, but it's still going up. And that's, that's below the dam that I'm watching right now. There's another gauge just down and it's, uh, it's starting to spike up a little bit too. So the water is definitely rising there, just a matter of how high, not knowing exactly where that sensor is. I'm, I have a tough time um, saying how quickly that is, but I know I went down there last June when they had that horrible flooding and I was there earlier this year. And um, those people told me, you know, a couple of those people went to church on a Sunday morning and the water was, you know, coming up by the backyard and they got home and it was in their house. I mean, that's how quickly it came up. So they're, they're very anxious and, and worried that they're, they're going to get that alert in the middle of the night. That was only last June. Yeah. June, June 19th. Um, wow. So, yeah. The, the forecast for Mount Nine Lake is 103 feet, which means it'll spill over the spillway. Um, but if it goes any higher than that, they're going to have some problems. All right. So again, another reminder for those folks and a good reminder, good practice for everyone else, as Brad mentioned earlier, have a weather radio, have your cell phone, have multiple ways to be woken up in the middle of the night. If one of those systems were to fail, you're going to want to back up. And I'll even share today that my weather radio was getting lots of exercise going off today every time they extended those flash flood warnings, but it was coming in at times upwards to 30 minutes ahead of the wireless emergency alerts. Those are the official alerts that come to your phone from the government, but they were coming in like, Brad, did they, or anyone else on the panel, did anyone else have that experience today or is it just my phone that was lagging behind? I don't know. I, I had mine turned off and my wife had hers turned on. So okay. the first alerts I got were for INWS, which is for media and emergency management. Um, that came in first, then James will be happy. Our weather app came in second. Excellent. <laughs> Um, and then my wife's uh, wheel went off. But it, you're right. It was probably 10 to 15 minutes after those other two alerts came in. Which is an incredible amount of time when we saw the water rise like we saw today. Uh, let's go to Dan Whitaker. He's up in the Greensboro area. Dan, you shot some video today. And it just, again, speaks to we've, we've talked to uh, Scotty in the foothills. Brad in Charlotte, and now we're just kind of continuing our trip across the Carolinas, Greensboro, in the heart of this as well today. Yeah, thanks for um, uh, kind of explaining it that way, because that's that's really what happened. You know, we we watched the flood warnings kind of extend from 
the foothills and extend from uh, west of Greensboro um, and southwest of Greensboro um, as they made their way up here and, and, and eventually um, started affecting things like the, the creeks and the rivers, uh, especially. Uh, that's mostly what I saw uh, around Greensboro to north of Greensboro was um, flooding related to the Dan River. Uh, and some of the, some of the biggest flooding that I've seen from the Dan River, um, I'm actually, uh, just looking at a, uh, gauge right now from the National Weather Service and they have the latest observed value for the Dan River at, uh, one of the areas that is shot here at, uh, 27.74 feet, uh, with the flood stage being at 23 feet. And, um, so definitely uh enough to really kind of get the water moving there and as you can see in this video we have debris floating down um sometimes larger trees uh definitely a lot of pieces of trees and, and wood um uh one video um in, in one of the videos you can actually see a whole big tree trunk kind of coming out of the water um but yeah, the water usually doesn't come up that high to uh, to the bridges around that area. Um, and, and that's and what I was going to ask you, Dan. Have you ever seen the Dan River like this before? No, not that I can recall. I mean, I've seen it fairly flooded before, but I've never seen it to where it's where we're now kind of asking ourselves, okay, a couple more feet and it might uh, get over those bridges. This, those bridges are are usually very very high above the river. I mean, about twenty feet or so. Um, you know, so the river going up twenty seven feet um makes sense as to how it can get close to topping it um you had you know, a friend right send here, you some video oh go, go ahead you first oh, i was just gonna, gonna say right here for example um this all to left of the trees here in the video that's actually a golf course um wow. which uh the right of the trees is supposed to be the river um so the river itself is usually fairly uh not wide at this point um, it does not look like a lake like it, it does in these videos. So, um, yeah, just, just significant. Yeah, we were looking at some of that debris flow there again, becoming jammed along one of the bridge pylons, uh, uh, pylons uh, in your drone video here again that you shot over Madison, North Carolina. This is the Dan River. Uh, and you also had some video that was sent to you that you shared with us from Greensboro. Can you tell us a little bit about what those folks are today? That's right. So um, Latham Park in downtown Greensboro, uh, it, it can flood when you get enough rain. Um, so usually it's caused by Buffalo Creek. And um, when it starts to overflow, it, it takes over the park, it takes over the greenways, um, and can start to flood some of the areas around there. Um, so, so that's what we saw today. It's been a while since we've seen something like this. I, I know the area very well. I've filmed the flooding out there a, a ton of times. Um, but even here, as you can see in this shot, uh, there's actually a sign that shows the greenway being, um, I believe, 15 or 20 feet there. And you see the water. Uh, that's the clearance level. And the, and the water's getting up to, uh, um, I can't. Yeah, the the water is literally five feet, seven inches or just shy of. Is it five feet? Okay. <laughs> Not 50. Yeah. So five feet, seven inches. So, so, and that's from what's usually a very low stream. So five feet, seven inches is the clearance on the actual pedestrian greenway. So the river or the uh, Buffalo Creek there is actually much lower than that. 
So we know that it at least got up, you know, um, that far. And uh, to kind of talk about the river gauge that I'm seeing from Buffalo Creek, uh, it's, I have the uh, latest kind of, or the observed estimates peaking at about 15 feet. So, um, you know, for a little creek to go up 15 feet is definitely significant, especially in uh, the heart of Greensboro is where uh, Latham Park is located. Well, in just a moment, we're going to uh, go around uh, to our panel for uh, closing thoughts. I wanted to uh, show another piece of video uh, here in the uh, Charlotte area of uh, some video of a water rescue that I shot earlier today. Uh, and it's, it's kind of similar to what Dan was uh, just describing about uh, an area that is normally open to recreation. Uh, this is the Greenway near Sardis Road that goes uh, into and around McMullen Creek. And there was an individual today, a man who was riding his bicycle somewhere upstream. I don't know exactly how far upstream. I don't think they were initially sure how far upstream, if it was all the way towards like McMullen Creek Park uh, or James Boyce Park. But one way or the other, uh, the water overtook the man and his bicycle and he was swept downstream and he was clinging to a tree. It's actually on your screen here right now. Uh, when a passerby on Sardis Road spotted him, the Charlotte Fire Department responded. They put a ladder out. You can see the ladder truck here to secure the man while they got a boat into the water. We were talking about that Charlotte Swift Water Rescue Team and pulled the man to safety. Uh, no uh, injuries other than uh, some of those cold water temperatures. Uh, so suddenly he was very, very cold when he came out of the water. But there, another shot, just like Dan was showing us in Greensboro, but the same thing here in Charlotte of some of those greenway signs just becoming overwhelmed. So in just a moment, we'll uh, give some last words to each one of our uh, panel members, but we got Brad Panovich on as guest tonight from uh, WCNC Charlotte, the chief meteorologist there. And Brad, I know your 11 o'clock news is coming up very quick so I wanted to make sure I got you uh, in here first to, uh, to give some last word and let us know what's coming up tonight at 11. Yeah, so tonight at 11, we're going to be probably out and about uh, checking out some of these areas. We're going to be, I think, on Riverside Drive, uh, checking in on those folks. Um, also, I think over in Cabarrus County, got to keep an eye on the Rocky River. It's still coming up. Um, and I was just looking, I know up towards Scotty's uh, way, they, they still have a, a flash a flood warning for parts of the Catawba chain up there. So uh, the lakes are still rising pretty quickly here. It'll be interesting to see how much water makes it downstream um, into the morning hours. But the good news is in all of this is that we've got a pretty dry pattern shaping up um, for the next week or so and finally getting back to cooler weather. Um, the one thing that was horrible about this whole situation besides the flooding and everything else is just how sticky and hot it's been. Um, this tropical air mass has just felt like the middle of summer. We uh, had a record high dew point in Charlotte yesterday. Um, we set a record high, a record warm low, and then today we had record rainfall. So it's, when you say historic, sometimes, you know, that word gets thrown around and stuff. The last two days have been just uh, crazy for November, almost I'm really literally unheard of that we've ever seen this type of weather in the month of November. So I'm actually looking forward to getting back to normal November weather, and it will give everybody time to clean up after all the extensive flooding we had today, James. Hey, Brad, I got one quick question, and sure. I want to I I do a show about this, so we'll have to arrange <laughs> that. But uh, something you've been tweeting out a lot over the past couple of hours is um, these heavy rain events are becoming a more norm for our area here in the Carolinas. And uh, there's a whole big conversation about that that I, I would love for us to go into a, a, a longer show, but uh, for the brief, because I know you got to hop off here. <laughs> what, what's kind of driving that? Why are we seeing these events happen so often? 
Well, I mean, there's one thing that's driving it. It's a warmer climate. Um, the, the, the evidence is real clear that our temperatures are warming. But what's interesting, when you hear words like climate change and, and global warming, in the Carolinas, yes, we're warming. But one of the bigger impacts we're seeing, almost more so than the warming temperatures, are these increasing excessive rain events. And the reason they occur is, if you think about it, um, a warmer atmosphere is like having a bigger sponge. It can hold more moisture. So the same type of storms we would get 15, 20, 25 years ago are now putting out about 20% to 25% more water. So that added uh, precipitable water, we call it, or um, humidity is causing these flash flood events and these excessive rain events to be more prevalent. And you can look back. I mean, it's, it, the data is clear. You can look at um, Florence, Matthew, Joaquin. And remember Joaquin, um, was an interesting situation. It's, it was kind of like this in a way because Joaquin never got anywhere close to the United States. It was way offshore, but it's, it's atmospheric river interacted with a stalled cold front and caused flooding down in Columbia. Remember those big South Carolina floods um, that was set up there. And we've just seen more of these. And, and, and as a meteorologist, one of the parameters we look at a lot is called precipitable water. Uh, and just in layman's terms, that's how much moisture is in the column of the atmosphere from the bottom to the top. Um, if you were to squeeze it all out, that's how much rain you would get. So uh, anything that's above like one is considered pretty moist or humid. We've had two and three, and in some cases, three and a half inch precipitable water um, amounts with some of these storms. And that's just off the charts. That's like South Florida type humidity up here in the Carolinas. So um, that's a trend we're going to see more of. One of these events would be an anomaly. But when you get multiple events over several years and over the last decade, decade and a half, there's a trend there that is clearly tied to climate change and a warming climate. It's definitely a topic I, I want us to discuss when we when you have more time. I, yeah. you know, we, we, we keep seeing these these historic events uh, happen. And uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, Scotty, you know, it's like we, we tell people this is a once in a lifetime flood. And then two yeah. years later, the, we have another once in a lifetime year flood. And then three years later, it's like wow, these are only supposed to happen once a generation and now we're happening every couple of years. It's crazy. And you know, you go out and talk to these people, they'll tell you, it's like, I lived here for 50 years. It's the highest I've ever seen. And then you go back a couple of years later and it's like, well, guess what? It's even higher than I saw two years ago. So it's, it, it's you don't have to look at the science or data, just look with your eyes and <laughs> people can see what's happening. So um, it, that's enough proof for most people that something is going on. It is. It definitely is. And I think uh, we'll have a good conversation about that later on. But it's um, yeah, today, like you like you said, the past couple of days have been pretty historic and in a lot of different ways here in the Carolinas. Sorry, James, back to you. No, no, Scotty, that's fine. I was going to bring it right back up to you there and Morganton to give us your uh, closing thoughts for tonight. Yeah, um, thankfully, like Brad was talking about, we, we start to dry out tomorrow. Uh, yesterday, uh, which is today's when yesterday, Wednesday, we had, you know, anywhere between two to four inches of rainfall yesterday and then on top of the rainfall today. So it's, it's really been a two-day event for the foothills up here. Um, you know, numerous roads closed. I think tomorrow we start that cleaning up process. Um, some of these roads and bridges uh, washed out um, that we saw the sinkhole currently. Uh, so there's going to be a lot of uh, people out inspecting uh, bridges and roads and making sure that uh, they're sturdy enough that, that it will allow traffic to be, get back on them. 
but thankfully we, we do dry out and we start to see a, a cooling trend. So uh, we get more uh, back into those fall-like temperatures, but um, it's definitely been a rainy period. I was uh, doing an, an interview today for the Hickory Daily Record, and um, this was pre the event we had today. Uh, but Marion, um, let's go back, Asheville on record for the second wettest year on record, Marion, second wettest year on record, Morganton, first wettest year on record, Hickory, first wettest year on record, Statesville, first uh, wettest year on record. So you can kind of see that trend, uh, at least along the Interstate 40 corridor where I'm at, we have had a very wet year and we still have another, what, six weeks or so before we kind of close out this year. And that, again, is predated before what we saw today and yesterday, where a lot of the areas saw anywhere between four to ten more inches of rainfall. So uh, definitely been a, a wet year, and I think we're all ready for it to dry out, and uh, that starts tomorrow. So I uh, just want to extend uh, our, our thoughts and prayers to those folks in, in Alexander County and and the families who uh, have lost loved ones and, and some people who have lost their, their homes. Uh, we definitely uh, want you to know what we're thinking about you. And um, we know that we live in a great area and a great community that will come together as one and, and we'll help these folks out as many ways as we can. But James, just a, uh, like we've been talking about a historic week uh, in the rainfall category. And I think uh, I'm ready for the weather to calm down a little bit. And I think we all are. So I'll, I'll toss it back to you. Thank you, Scotty. And I think you're right. And Brad's right. We use historic a lot and we do, we just keep finding ourselves back into these situations. And a lot of us will put this away in the memory bank and move on. But too many of us today will have this as a lasting impact. Uh, let's go to Asheville and uh, bring in Evan Fisher for his uh, closing thoughts on tonight's uh, special edition of the Carolina Weather Group. Hello again, Evan. Hello. So my closing thoughts have nothing to do with Asheville and take the focus down to coastal South Carolina. One of the things that we did not talk about tonight uh, was just how close Ada is to the South Carolina coast. Uh, it is a little more than 100 miles offshore and it has brought wind gusts up to 62 miles an hour in the Charleston area. So the peak gust was 62 at Folly Beach, uh, but there were gusts up to 56 miles an hour at Patriots Point, which is just across the water from downtown Charleston. Um, so this was a raucous event down there uh, and one that I think flew under the radar for many folks and some may still not even realize uh, that those kind of winds were going on today uh, down there. If you don't live there, you just don't know about it. I, I, we talked before the show. I think we're just tired of hurricane season. Uh, everyone's getting a little bit burned out and we're still keeping track, but it's getting hard to keep track of 30, we're up to 30 or 29 named storms. We're into so, historic territory, not to use that word again, but we've never <laughs> had this many named tropical storms in the Atlantic Basin. With James, one more to go. Yeah, and James, I think you had the, the tropic update earlier, but I think there's another area of interest out there that's highlighted in red. So uh, that normally means uh, there's a there it is. high percentage of, of another named storm developing over the weekend. Two named storms out there right now, one just offshore of the Carolinas. And Evan's right. We should not take for granted the fact that this thing just barely missed us. The, the, the circulation is, is offshore, just offshore enough that I, I can't really even find a lot of precipitation directly from it on, on radar. Uh, but on satellite, you can see the circulation coming off of Savannah and then out into the open waters there. Uh, and, and is going to just kind of move along the Carolina coast. This is an extremely close call. 
to a late season tropical storm that brought plenty of rain and water and storm surge and even a few tornado warnings to to Florida after doing a loop-de-loop out there in the <laughs> Gulf of Mexico. And, and we're not done. Uh, we are not done. The hurricane season does continue through the end of this month, but nature doesn't use a calendar. We had the A-name storm before the season began, and as Scotty just mentioned, we've got at least one more area of interest that we know about right now out there almost in the same area where this storm initially formed. Uh, and you can see how a storm that forms south of Cuba can do loop-de-loops and whatnot and then be knocking on Charleston's door, uh, you know, what is that, probably two weeks later. So, uh, you know, everything out there in the atmosphere one way or the other uh, has an effect on us. Uh, Evan, did I cut you off? I just went on a long tangent. I want to make sure I, I, I didn't. No, not at all. That's perfect. Okay. Uh, Dan is still with us up in uh, the Greensboro area. Dan, what's on your radar? No pun intended. Um, just seeing where the, uh, the, the rising rivers kind of peak out at, uh, currently it looks like the Dan river and, uh, some of the rivers near me might still be rising. Um, and, and that's what we can usually expect in these, uh, really wet systems for, for sometimes up to a couple days, uh, afterwards. So, um, just keeping an eye on that and seeing, uh, where we top off at. Yeah, coming up here at 11 o'clock is another look right now at where all of those flood warnings are. If you're watching on our screen right now in our live coverage and there's green near you, that's a flood water, uh, flood warning for, for flood waters. And if you're just listening to our podcast, just know there's probably one near you. It's it's all, virtually everywhere in North Carolina and in several water systems as well and, in in South Carolina. And James, uh, we, we talking about this, Brad talked about it, you've talked about it. Uh, we just got a report in from the National Weather Service out of Greenville, Spartanburg. Um, cool Springs um, water level is rising over a bridge along White Oak Branch near Old Moxville Road in Iredell County. So we're continuing to see uh, these waters as they kind of run off. Uh, it's elevating new streams, creeks, rivers, and we're seeing new roads being covered by water. And it's almost 11 o'clock at night and dark um, dark conditions and flooded roadways are never a good match. So uh, as you've stressed all evening, turn around, don't drown. So it's just best to stay inside if you can. Yeah, I mean, we mentioned it earlier and I'll just, I'll hit the nail on the head again. All of this water that fell everywhere across the Carolinas has to work its way out to the ocean. That's just how this works. And it's gonna take the paths that it has, the, the rivers, the creeks and the streams and flow from north to south and along the way out towards the east. And, and you so, know, ra- go ahead. You, you know who this, uh, our friends at Horry mm-hmm. County Rising, you know, Horry County in the next week or so, we'll see these new flood warnings and we're going to yes. see these locations that have been flooded two or three, four times this year, most likely flood again because of the issues that they face down there. So you're right. Yeah. Rain that fell at Scotty's house today will make its way to the ocean. And that's why this event is not over yet. And, and so keep your weather radios on, keep your cell phones near you tonight uh, so that if you do find yourself suddenly in a unexpected flash flooding situation, you can be awoken in the middle of the night by these safety notifications before, hopefully before the water gets to you. And this is a scenario that will be playing out as we just mentioned for the coming days. Luckily, uh, silver lining is that the dew points will come down. Uh, I can turn my air conditioning back off and hopefully you can too. I don't like running the air conditioning in November. And, uh, and that we'll, only uh, happens in Florida, right? I mean, I was trying right? to think myself, like 
where in the United States do you run your air condition in November? And I mean, Florida, maybe South Texas, I, I, you know, it's just really abnormal for this to be going on. Yeah, there's certainly uh, more to unpack there. Well, we, we do appreciate you joining us for this special Thursday edition of the Carolina Weather Group. We were just talking on our Patreon page yesterday about how we didn't have a show this week because we took last week off, and we explained a little bit of our thought process into how we decide what to cover each week, and sometimes it's who we've spoken to, who we are talking to, but the, the question that always is, is number one for us when deciding what show we're going to do each week is what is the most pressing weather issue. And so uh, whether it's Wednesday night or clearly Thursday night, if there's a pressing weather issue, we want to make sure we get you uh, a summary uh, or look ahead to that here from the Carolina Weather Group. So if you haven't already, uh, you can see that entire explanation on our Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash Carolina Weather Group. There's links to that in wherever you're watching or listening to this show. Uh, And then you can uh, find us on social media for live coverage just like this or take it on the go with our audio podcast. Just wanted to get that out there. If you're new to the Carolina Weather Group, we hope that you will... um, connect with us in whatever form or fashion is is most convenient for you. But as we come up to the 11 o'clock hour here on this Thursday, November the 12th, 2020, I'm James Briarton in Charlotte on behalf of our entire panel. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us uh, this evening for coverage. As Scotty said earlier, our thoughts and prayers go out to everyone who's been affected uh, by this truly historic uh, floodwaters and and record-breaking rain today across the Carolinas. We will see you back here real soon for more from the Carolina Weather Group. Good night.